It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's show will cover the Brian Callahan press conference from Friday, which included some very interesting notes about Joe Mixon, the way he's carrying himself in training camp while the world watches his Twitter feed and tries to decipher cryptic tweets that may or may not just be leading fans on a wild goose chase. Then we get into the other interesting bits from the Callahan presser, talking about Joe Burrow, talking about Jonah Williams, talking about the way they're installing this offense. Finally, Paul Dater Jr. did a lot of great work over for The Athletic, figuring out what the Bengals are doing to keep players safe when they travel, talking about the fact that there are, in fact, ongoing efforts to figure out how to get fans into the stadium, assuming that becomes legal and gets the go-ahead in Ohio. Let's get started with the Joe Mixon stuff, because with all those tweets last week, I think that's top of mind for the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan gave the media about 18 minutes of his time on Friday. Of those 18 minutes, about five of them were dedicated to talking about Joe Mixon, his role in the offense, and his attitude in a contract year. This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko, along with James Rapine. James, I think that Joe Mixon sounds like he's going to be featured even more this year in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Brian Callahan talking about how he's a volume player who gets better the more touches he gets. Talking about ways to get him more involved in the offense. Talking about the fact that if their top two backs are healthy, we might not even see the third and fourth guys on the depth chart. All some very interesting tidbits to dig into from his presser. And that's how it should be. Look, Joe Mixon should be the the guy who carries this offense in 2020. Not Joe Burrow, right? Not at this stage of his career. Not A.J. Green coming off of an injury and 32 years old now. Not Tyler Boyd. None of these guys. And not, not saying that they shouldn't have huge roles. Of course they should. But Mixon is the guy in his prime that feels like has the the highest ceiling right now because there are some question marks with A.J. Green. Joe Burrow is a rookie, and while everyone has high expectations for him, what's the easiest way to make him more comfortable? Well, if you have a great rushing attack with Joe Mixon and maybe get him the ball in the passing game, some short stuff, it'll get Burrow in a rhythm and give him some confidence as well. So I think it's a a win-win-win here if you're able to to feature Mixon the way some of these other star backs are, are featured across the NFL. 
And one big way to do that that we've talked about a lot on the Locked On Bengals podcast is getting him involved more as a receiver. And Brian Callahan was asked directly, are there plans to get the ball more to Mixon as a receiver out of the backfield, especially considering how much we saw Joe Burrow use Clyde Edwards-Alaire at LSU? Here's what he had to say. Finding ways to get him some touches in the pass game uh, are, are some of the things that, that we've, we've looked at. Uh, and studied in, in ways to do that better than we did last year. So, you know, to say that that's going to, how the game's going to work out, and we're going to we're gonna target them eight times a game or anything like that, I, I can't say that right now because I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a game-by-game basis as it works as it works every week. But, um, yeah, Joe, the, the more Joe touches the ball, the better it is for, for our offense, without a doubt. So all the ways that we can find to get him the ball, uh, the better it's going to be. And you hope that isn't coach speak, right? You, you hope that uh, – and they don't want to reveal too much. Let's take that into consideration, too. He, he doesn't want to come out and say, oh, yeah, exactly what LSU did with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. That's what we're going to try to do with Joe Mixon. But it, it feels like entering year four, the Bengals want to get an extension done. But it feels like that the Bengals haven't tapped into Joe Mixon's full potential. And if they're ever going to, if there was ever a season, it would be this one where, again, rookie quarterback, uh, offensive line appears to be shaky. The best player on the offense should be Joe Mixon. Why not use them often, early, a lot, uh, in a variety of ways, get creative. Joe Burrow certainly likes throwing to running backs. Uh, so hopefully it happens. I, I'm encouraged, but I also understand, and, and I've watched Joe Mixon not get used properly as a rookie. Even last year, struggled during the first eight games. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I would certainly hope to see it uh, week one and then just four days later in week two against the Browns. Hopefully that can happen. It's actually interesting that you mentioned the, the first eight-game struggle. We've widely heard the documented changes for the blocking scheme, getting more suited to the offensive line attack styles for this rushing offense. Dave Lapham asked about this in the press conference as well, asking Callahan about the change to a pin-and-pull approach for a lot of the running plays versus the more zone-heavy approach that the Bengals had earlier in the season. And what I found very interesting about this response from Callahan is he said, essentially, we can't do just one thing. NFL defenses are too good, and we're going to need to employ all of these concepts to some degree. He also acknowledged that you have to try to fit it to what your offensive line is good at. And that's what happened for the Bengals last year. And there are very strong pieces of evidence from early in the season that you cannot, in fact, just do the same thing over and over. Teams adapted to that wide zone style of run that the Bengals brought in with Zach Taylor from Los Angeles. They, they saw the way the Patriots attacked it in the Super Bowl two years ago. And across the league, the Bengals got a steady diet of a very flat defensive front and were forced to change their tactics to find success. And we'll have to hope that that flexibility and ingenuity carries over into 2020. And a lot of that, I think, starts with getting Joe Mixon involved in the pass game. And I like that he maintained the flexibility, right? You, you want from the guys that are coaching your star quarterback to be flexible week to week. And it sounds like they still are. So while the pin and pull stuff worked, while that was successful and a lot of the guys up front are still going to be on this team and, and contributing, it sounds like uh, they're open to other things if they feel like that's going to work and put Mixon in a position uh, to succeed as well, which, again, I like. One thing we haven't gotten to yet is the contract stuff. Callahan did say that Mixon's been carrying himself 
as if nothing's going on. He said, when you're on the field, it's football. And Mixon's been great in practices. Callahan also said he likes to see any player get paid in the NFL. He understands the business side of things. But it sounds like he's hoping that they find a way to get Mixon extended after last week reports came out that Mixon wants to be a top eight running back in terms of money per year in the NFL. Coming up next, we get into the rest of Brian Callahan's press conference. We couldn't go a day with the offensive coordinator addressing the media without talking about rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. So that is what we will get into next. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, our favorite place on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, to get parts for our do-it-at-home car maintenance projects. Whether it's an air filter or an intake manifold, you can get whatever you need on rockauto.com, and you can get it at the best prices and the most convenient way you could ask for. They have over 300 different car makers So I'm in the market for a car right now, and it's going to be a used car, and I'm probably going to have to do some stuff to it, Jake. The good news is I know regardless of what model or what make I settle for, they're going to have the parts I need at rockauto.com. So I can order them. Heck, I can order them during the podcast because you can look right here online on my laptop and, and do all the research that I need to do. I don't need to go to the big box store, and you save money. You save time. It's a win-win. So make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals with more discussion about the offense and uh, another Joe. But first, let's uh, discuss Jonah Williams, uh, who I guess you could refer to as Joe as well, Jake. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing that, that stood out from Brian Callahan's press conference is, and I'm paraphrasing, but he talked about when Jonah came in for the first COVID-19 test that every player obviously had to take. He, he looked at him and he said, whoa, hi, Jonah, because he was surprised at how physically put together or in shape or whatever bigger Jonah was and bigger is in a good way. And, and I think that that's, uh, that's a good sign given that he hasn't played all uh, in, in a year plus competitively that he's coming in and in, in great shape and what hopes to be a, a successful first year starting for Jonah Williams. Yeah. There are a few players that this coaching staff has been consistently effusive in their praise of one of them is Joe Burrow, and we'll talk about that shortly. Brian Callahan consistently has just incredible things to say about the Bengals' rookie quarterback, which honestly is impressive. The other guy seems to be Jonah Williams, where they talk about, and Callahan talked on Friday, about how just engaged he was last year, learning as much as he possibly could, despite dealing with the labrum recovery 
and not really getting to do any live football activities. He also talked, like you said, James, he reshaped his body. And Bengals.com, I think, wrote about this, was careful to point out he's still probably going to play it the same way he was listed at. But instead of looking like a college kid, in Brian Callahan's words, he now looks like an NFL lineman. And the consistency that Jonah Williams should bring to this offensive line if he's as advertised, and we've so far been given every indication that Bengals coaches at least think he is, well, that could be what this offensive line really needs. And while we're on the topic of the offensive line, James, you wrote something that I found very interesting on the competition between Fred Johnson and Bobby Hart for the right tackle spot based on something you heard Dave Lapham say. Yeah, Dave Lapham on the Bengals Booth podcast says or said physically they feel great about Fred Johnson, you know, and, and Bobby's obviously had some problems uh, with penalties and losing his composure. But the key to Fred Johnson potentially beating out a, a guy like Bobby Hart, who's made 32 straight starts at right tackle for the Bengals, uh, is it, simple. Show that you cannot have those lapses in mental judgment. We've heard Jim Turner talk a lot about Bobby Hart's IQ and football IQ and how smart he is. Well, he's not going to make assignment errors, and I think that's a, a big thing. And it stinks because a guy like Fred Johnson, who might have all the physical gifts you're looking for, is 23 years old, has only made a couple of, of starts, right, under 200 snaps in his entire NFL career, and now he needs to show the coaching staff that he's not going to make any of those errors. I think you can do it in practice and in scrimmages, but it's certainly going to be a challenge, and you wish you had those preseason games to help out. I mean, how, how much more important is it to a coaching staff to have a guy who's not going to make mental errors in terms of assignments versus a guy who's going to get 10 holding penalties a year and five false start penalties a year and just absolutely kill drives the way that we've seen Bobby Hart have penalty issues for the last few years, right? So that, I'm sure, is part of the decision calculus when they're deciding who's going to start out there at right tackle. And I, I totally get why coaches would lean toward the guy who they think understands what they're trying to teach a little bit better. The Bengals have been doing it this way forever, not just the Bengals. I think it's something that offensive line coaches are looking for generally. Like this is why you see guys like Evan Mathis not work out or guys like Christian Westerman wash out of the league, right? Mathis goes on to have a great career. Westerman looks like he's washed out, right? He, he's no longer around. So I, I get where that starts, but man, I, I am so sick of seeing the holding penalties and, and Bobby Hart just getting his hands knocked down and, and not being able to anchor, getting bull rushed into the quarterback's lap. So so I definitely am, am pulling for Fred Johnson to get the mental bits down so we can have the full package at right tackle. But enough about the offensive line. We promised we would talk about Joe Burrow here. And the first thing that I want to do to kick off this conversation, James, is let's listen to what Callahan had to say about how they're installing the offense and how they have not had to slow anything down for Joe Burrow. We always go at the, at the speed of the quarterback. Um, and so everything we do is geared around how much he can handle and uh, the volume that he can handle and the speed at which we can, can put, it at, put it on him. Uh, so far, I would say that, uh, that we have not, he has not proven that he needs any more time to study and learn than, than anybody else uh, that I've been around. So uh, we kind of throw it all at him. And that's how it should be. And I'm glad to hear that. And I hope that's the case because to me – I think back to Andy Dalton's rookie season, and they were clearly doing certain things and spoon-feeding him the offense. And, and I don't want that for Joe this year. I want him to 
much like Carson Palmer in 04, just have everything there at his disposal. And he's going to struggle at times, and he's going to have some success at times, and you hope by the end of the year you feel really good about the Bengals quarterback position and the future of it. And uh, honestly, given this offseason and how much they've spent on the mental side and not the physical side, I'm glad to hear that. And, and I think now the key is physically getting him up to speed with all these receivers and running backs and offensive linemen and everything like that. There are going to be issues. There are going to be mistakes. And that's going to go into the the start of the season well into it. But uh, Joe Burrow, it, it continues to sound like mentally he's not overwhelmed at all. And I think that's extremely important given what he's trying to do, which an unprecedented offseason, and given the pressure that is on him entering year one. And that's exactly what Callahan said. Callahan said the the thing that they have to do now, right, is they have to get the timing down. They have to get the reps in. They have to see it against a relatively live defense. He also, and this is a praise I was talking about earlier, just heaps it on to Joe Burrow saying how good he has been in terms of meeting expectations, handling everything with poise and confidence from his fame to his presence in the huddle. And CJ Uzama even said, man, you're making that check as a rookie this early in training camp, referring to a a change that Joe Burrow called at the line of scrimmage. And when a guy like CJ Uzama notices that and talks about that to Butch Hobson for Bengals.com, that's always encouraging to hear, right? And, And so the other thing, that that Callahan talked about that I found really interesting was, well, okay, that's a lot of good stuff, but what's going to be the challenge for Burrow in a year where there's no preseason? And it's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, James. Let's take a listen to what Callahan had to say. Getting hit for the first time. That's usually that's usually a big part of it. Um, you know, all quarterbacks kind of have those – they got a little, bit, a little jitters. They don't get touched very often in practice. They don't feel a live rush, uh, and especially for a kid that hasn't played NFL football, a rookie quarterback generally – uh, that first time that rush comes live and at full speed is a little bit different than college. Now, he was playing against great players in the SEC. It's, it's, that's as close as you're going to ever get probably to NFL speed and tempo. But that first, that first pass rush, that first hit, that first time they get jolted around uh, kind of reminds them that it's time to play football again. So you'd like that to happen, obviously, before the opener. Um, but that we, don't, we don't get that this year. So uh, that's one thing. The other thing is going to be just the just – being on the field in the huddle on your own, you know, every practice guys are kind of behind and coaches are there and interacting and um, just, and then dealing with the game situations as they come up, dealing with the clock, the play clock. Um, there's a lot of just operational things that come into play that, that we're not going to get a chance to do in a live situation. And we can simulate those things. Um, but it's always different when you, when you walk out there and it's just the 11 guys on the other 11 guys and, and you're playing football for real. And we've talked a lot about that. Right. Joe not being able to get hit his first NFL hit could come at the hands of Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram of the Chargers week one. And and that's the reality. Um, But the the good news, I guess, if there is good news, you can you can simulate, like he said, some of the the different physical actions. It's just not going to happen for Joe. And and that's that's going to be tough, you know, adjusting to to that type of speed. And the Chargers defense certainly loaded, you know, so it's not like they get to start off with a uh, an a, a IA Division 2A or whatever you want to say, NAIA opponent like you do in college. You don't get that. And, and so, yeah, they, they may scrimmage and they may do some of that, but there is going to be some times. Uh, maybe it is that first hit that Joe takes uh, where it is tough. Um, but look, 
here's what I'll say is this quarter this quarterback one it seems seems extremely intelligent and two this coaching staff seems to be willing to adapt so I think they've done a good job of adapting this offseason and you hope that it uh, it certainly pays off um, not only week one but throughout the 2020 season and that's why I like hearing Brian Callahan talk so much James he always says stuff and I'm like man I just agree with what you're saying right now. I'm glad you think the way you think. You always talk about things that make sense. You talk about being adaptable, about being flexible. So I really hope that that all translates this season. I hope they find ways to stimulate, you know, managing the the play clock, managing the huddle. I feel like that should be doable. And like you said, it's that first hit that we'll have to watch for in week one. Coming up next... The Bengals are taking precautions when they travel. They're taking precautions in Paul Brown Stadium, and they're trying to figure out how to get fans back into Paul Brown Stadium by cooperating with some other football teams in Ohio. We'll get into all that coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We will wrap up today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast by talking a little bit about what Paul Daner discovered and published over at The Athletic. Make sure you go subscribe to The Athletic because Paul Daner and Jay Morrison do do great work over there. But Mark Heron was hired as the Bengals director of security in October. Imagine being your first year as director of security for an NFL football team and suddenly there's a global pandemic. And you have to figure out how to keep these guys safe when they travel. Heron does have 30 years of law enforcement experience, including a decade in the FBI. So the guy's experienced, but I do not envy coming into a world where you have to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I replicate the food safety protocols that we have in Paul Brown Stadium when we go and stay in a hotel in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh? talks about how do we maintain food quality. He talks about the fact that the one thing in their favor is that, well, a lot of hotels don't have capacity issues right now, but they do need these places to cooperate with the safety protocols that they are dictating to the places they're going to go live when they go on the road. There's just so many moving parts to this, Jake, and so much that's gone on. And that's why honestly, that, that's part of the reason why when I, I see people on Twitter or something say cancel the season, like, well, you have no idea the work that's gone on to hopefully keep these players safe. And uh, it, it's, it, it is crazy to think about because I haven't even thought about the, the traveling until I read this piece, the, the hotels, how you're going to get food in safely all the time and have it up to standards. That's the thing. It's not like they're all eating pizza. All right. We're not all having, you know, Domino's or Pizza Hut or whatever. It, they're, they got to eat a certain quality of food because that's what they're used to. That's what they get at team facilities. And then to have to figure that out and make sure that's at each and every hotel and players can go do that and eat that safely. That's just one of the many things that I haven't thought about that not many have thought about. And that Mark Heron 
as you mentioned, he just got the gig, has uh, has been forced to think about over the past few months. And the other thing that the coaching staff is doing is, you know, we, we've heard about the fact that they've repurposed locker rooms. They're using the, did you know there's a band locker room at Paul Brown Stadium, James? I don't recall that on the little tour that I had when I went in there. They're using the visitor's locker room. They're using the official's locker room. And obviously when they cut down to 53, they'll they'll have less guys that they have to keep in the locker room on game days. I don't know what they'll do with the practice squad guys because they're not going to keep everybody in that main locker room. So they're going to have to find other spaces on game day. And for the visiting teams and visitor locker rooms across the NFL, small, cramped. The Bengals visitor locker room actually pretty big compared to some of the other visitor locker rooms in the NFL but you think about some of these old stadiums, and, you know, thankfully the Bengals don't go play at Soldier Field this year. But I would not want to be a visiting team in these locker rooms this year where you're trying to physically distance. Especially because you're, you're going to have to bring some of those practice squad guys with you on a trip yeah. because, you, you know, if you, you test positive for COVID-19 the day of a game well, you're out and someone else is in, it's... uh. It's going to be weird and unique, and that's why I'm going to keep saying this. You have to be able to adapt, and you have to be can be rigid during these times. And as an organization, right, what is Mike Brown known for? He was stuck in his ways. Well, uh, Heron has certainly credited um, ownership for this, and, and it starts there. Like you have to be able to give everybody that's making these decisions and these calls and these protocols and, and everything the necessary tools and resources to be able to maintain it and, and maintain safety. And so uh, I hope that continues. It sounds like it is. It sounds like they have a safe environment. Only one player uh, out of 80-plus, I think it was probably 82, 83, uh, that reported for COVID-19 testing has tested positive for coronavirus uh, on the Bengals, and that's Kendall Futrell, uh, a undrafted free agent. So they've done a good job there away from team facilities as well. And you just hope they can continue to stay safe because that's the key. It's going to take a lot of responsibility, uh, both in the facilities, outside of the facilities, and and on on game days, on road trips, and, and everything in between. It's going to be a, a very, very unique situation and unique season for the Bengals. And it looks like the NFL has distributed some signs emphasizing that point to teams. There's a picture in this The Athletic article from Paul Daner Jr. of an NFL banner-style sign outside the Bengals' cafeteria. Do your part. Protect yourself. Protect your team. The, the onus on the individual this season, you can't be going out for chicken wings when you need to keep your team safe. And, and we've seen it in baseball. Imagine how it's going to translate to football. You know, Joey Votto missed a game because he had a, a false positive or he had some, some, some COVID-like symptoms, some flu-like symptoms. You have Matthew Stafford with the false positive and the NFL, to their credit, has adapted to the fact that, you know, false positives are a part of any test. Even good good laboratory tests can yield false positives. But, man, I would hate to be a star player that shows up at the facility for game day and you feel fine and you go get a test and it's a false positive and you have to miss that game. And then the next day you do a test and, well, now it's a negative. So uh, That would be I, awful. And, and, that's, well, and that's something that could potentially happen and could you imagine if that happened to, to one of the stars tom brady like i know we were focused on the Bengals, but what if, what if that happens to tom brady between a a crucial matchup uh right right before he plays drew Brees for the first time and the, yeah. the division's on the line uh, so 
There's a lot there. An idea I just had, and I know we're up against it. Idea I just had. If you're the Bengals, I would contact every restaurant sponsor that you have or endorser or anything like that and try to set up some kind of like patio window where on Tuesdays uh, the, the Bengals can go to four different patios and there aren't going to be anyone else out there as long as they make a reservation and they can safely eat uh, you know, on a patio to get out because you are going to have to get out at times. And I think the safest way to do that, especially if you're going to a restaurant, is on a patio distanced and away from others. I like that. That's creative. That's a good idea. Last thing we'll mention here is the Bengals have been holding weekly calls with the Cleveland Browns and Ohio State Buckeyes for, it sounds like, a couple months, according to Paul Daner Jr.'s piece, about the logistics of pulling off an outdoor sporting event, even if the crowd is at just 20% or whatever capacity the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, might land on for Ohio sports. We'll have to keep an eye on that and see if the Bengals along with the rest of the state of Ohio, can figure out a way to get fans into stadiums. But the encouraging thing for all of you out there that really want to go to a game this year is they're working on it. And that's all you can really ask for at this point with COVID-19. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates from training camp, expecting to hear from some more players this week. Until then, Bengals fans, who day? And have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 